Hey guys, and welcome to the Guess Alive podcast. And obviously you're hearing this kind of new sound, like more professionals, because I'm using a proper microphone this time. It's the first time I'm using it. Anyway, moving on. Um, you guys were saying a couple of episodes back that you wanted to see a Dead or Alive based episode and and all these kind of things. And I do apologize that I waited this long. But, you know, good things come to those who wait. And people are like, oh, yeah, get some DOA pros on and things like that. But, you know, I, I didn't get a DOA pro on. Instead, I got one of the best DOA pros on. It's Master. Introduce yourself. How's it going, everybody? This is uh, Emmanuel Master Rodriguez. Uh, most people just call me Master or the DOA superhero. I'm glad to be on the podcast. I'm, uh, I thank Bish uh, for the time to bring you on here. It's an honor. It's an honor to have you on. Anyway, obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, Dead or Alive 5, the anyway, and we're really <laughs> going to talk about specifically the, the new Dead or Alive 5, which was released um, in 2012, and of course, a bit about DOA 5+, but we're not really going to talk much on that because I don't think any of us really know much about that. Um, also, we'll be answering some questions that I that came from my mind. Because unfortunately, you guys didn't know, so I'm sorry that you guys weren't able to ask questions. But you know, we have the same minds. We could, can, you know, we can ask the same questions anyway. Um, so yeah, great so yeah, go ahead. No, I say great minds think alike. You, I'm sure. I'm sure the the questions they have, you'll have. You'll have it through your your mm. <laughs> So yeah, first thing to start off with was. Like I said, DOA um, 5 was released uh, in 2012, I believe. Oh, no, September, wasn't it? Yes, it was September. And um, it's awesome. I'm going to let Master talk a bit more about that. Um, yeah, I mean, DOA 5 released in September uh, last year, or late last year, you can say, for everybody. And uh, I think it's a great game. I think it's fun. Um, there's some things that I wish were a little bit different, but uh, overall, you know, DOA still feels like DOA, and that's... That's what's, I think, important to everybody, anybody that's a DOA fan. So um, if you don't have it or if you're just, you know, kind of dabbling with it a little bit, don't be scared. Trust me, it's a great game. Uh, you guys need to get into it. There's a lot of things that Team Ninja put into the game, like uh, DLC for costumes, uh, stages, and uh, great uh, tools for anybody that is considering going pro or just considering to learn the game a little better to understand it while it's shown on streams or on stage. It's great. It's awesome. Well, that's good to hear. You mentioned stages, but there was only one stage released. Are you hinting something? <laughs> um, no comment. I was kidding. No. Um, I think. Uh, I think in general, it's just the fact that they have uh, an interesting take on stages this time around than previously. The way they kind of transform before you, depending on the danger zones that you hit. And of course, they did bring in Zack Island. Will they bring in more stages? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Hmm. Sounds a bit suspicious there, but I'm not going to really comment <laughs> on that because I don't really want Team Ninjas to be like, oh my god, Bish, I don't like you anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because after all, they are Team Ninja. They might yeah, have like ninjas. Yeah, exactly. They do. They do. <laughs> I don't want to get sliced up. <laughs> that was funny. Hopefully not. Anyway, um, regarding this game, how does it differ from Dead or Alive 4 and previous installments of the Dead or Alive franchise? 
Um, I think uh, DOA 5 is different in the sense of like, there's more emphasis in the environment in the sense of things can blow up and change. Um, yeah. the, the main difference between this game and the previous game will be uh, the holds. The hold system is a little different. Um, in DOA 4, you were able to hold almost immediately after certain stuns or just about in any particular situation. And DOA 5, it kind of brought back some of that DOA 3 or DOA 2 feel in the sense of if you hit a wall or something goes on, um, in that sense, you can't really defend yourself. You kind of get... There's a little more punishment for that positioning and that defense overall. You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot more solid defense that needs to be played when playing against certain players. So if you get hit with a specific move or if you get bounced off the wall, you're essentially paying a lot for it. So that's one of the key things. Um, so it, I think it dabbles in a little bit in all the games because DOA 5 also brings in some of the stun system that was in DOA 4, which was... Um, you have to keep sending the opponent in order to get a higher launch. Um, launching usually means knocking them up in the air where they're completely defenseless. Um, you have to do that just as much as you did in DOA 4, whereas in the previous games, you didn't have to as much. But the previous games had the wall bounce, which guaranteed certain combos. So it's interesting how they mix it all in there. I mean, so uh, there, there's obviously some key differences, like I said, with um, power blows as well. Uh, you can mm -hmm. do power blows and critical bursts, which leave you... Uh, vulnerable to a power blow, which can send you anywhere on the map, essentially. And um, it's it's a nice this nice animation. I like the animations. I like how it looks. The slow down on the speed. It's really cinematic. Half of those things I didn't actually understand. I'm just nodding like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> the power blows are quite cool. But yes, you know, I find them very difficult to do because as a beginner. All of these things I don't understand. I just mash buttons because that's what I'm used to. Because I play Dynasty Warriors, so that's pretty much all I do. But <laughs> mash away, mash away. I see. <laughs> so but how do I you think? think... But I think oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You're the guest, man. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I think DOA uh, the way it's made though overall, even if you're not fully aware of what you're doing, the animations are so smooth in the game. The game is just made in a way where. Even if you were to just smash, smash buttons as a beginner, it would look cool. So I think uh, that's what's really neat about DOA is that even though you're you're just kind of pushing away, uh, the animations look natural to you and it makes you feel more engaged. And it kind of that's kind of the way it sucks you in. You know what I'm saying? It kind of gives you a little little taste, and you're kind of like, oh man, I gotta keep doing this because that looked cool. Hmm. Well, um, wouldn't you consider that as like a disadvantage to the game? Because obviously there's going to be many haters saying, well. People are just mashing buttons and and things like that. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think that's um, false in that sense because I think the if the game looks good because of the way your uh, the way the animations look has nothing to do with your overall skill. You see what I'm saying? Like if you just like for example, that works. Like you, you push the buttons and all, and you see you see these these crazy combos, right? But in DOA, you can do it, and you would get a you would get a pretty nice looking combo. But against an advanced player or a pro player. You're not gonna get to see those combos, uh, those combos often. You just get to see it while you're playing Storm or while you're playing Survival. So it makes you feel more engaged. It kind of it's an easy way to bring you in. You see what I'm saying? But overall, when it comes to hardcore play, you you have to position yourself and you moves and get your execution correctly at key moments to actually see those nice animations overall. Okay, so um, within the story mode and within even standard gameplay. 
you get these kind of hints, like these things that say, oh, to do punches, you press the P, well, whatever button that it corresponds to on the controller, or things like that. What do you think about that? Does it introduce players more into Dead Alive franchise, or does it shy players away? Um, I think it helps overall. I think uh, some, some, someone that doesn't understand fighting games, because there, there'll be several people that are not into fighting games, but they like the look of DOA. Mm. Or they like the animation and all that stuff. Some people get kind of get caught with just the graphics alone because it's a really nice looking game. So when they get into it, um, they might just start off by mashing a couple buttons or whatever, and they, they're kind of getting the gist of things. The game kind of guides them in a sense to let them know, like, hey, you can do this and you can do that, and this counters that and this counters this. You know what I'm saying? So it kind of educates them on how to play the game a little uh, a little better. And overall, that helps the community uh, because. It, mean, it means they could potentially become better players and understand the game and, and the mechanics behind it and why, why it plays the way it does. I think it was really neat how they did it. I think the story mode um, overall was, you know, fun and educational. So I think it helps uh, rather than hurt overall, really. Hmm. One thing I didn't personally like about the story mode was that, yes, they did kind of bring you in and it, it kind of, it drawn you in, yes. But there's just points that I didn't understand and it seemed more cinematic than just fighting what do you think about that what do you mean like uh it, it seemed more cinematic than fighting it's like okay you do one fight then it's like loads 10 minutes of cutscenes, for instance oh fight I takes five minutes saying. and then another 10 minutes of cutscenes followed by more cutscenes. and i see yeah okay i see what you're saying i can understand that um i think the story mode uh was kind of like you know it's a story Hmm. I'm supposed to tell story, so I think it's expected to have a certain amount of cutscenes, and I think uh, as far as like uh, fans of the the series kind of want to know what what happened behind the scenes, because even in previous DOA games, you you didn't really have cutscenes like these. You know what I mean? You had cutscenes, but you didn't have them as extensive and um, you know with the same amount of information. So I think it's kind of expected when it when it comes to story mode. Um, again, I think story mode is more for the casual player that's trying to pick up the game, trying to learn the game, trying to see what the story is all about. Um, so I can understand why they went the way, uh, the route they went, uh, they went to to make it this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, another thing regarding the story mode is, for me, it was a bit confusing because I really didn't play DOA 4 and I didn't play any other game other than DOA 5 in terms of fighting games. And you know this whole Alpha 152 thing and you know, Project Epsilon, whatever it is, it's just completely confusing. So do you think it was a good choice for them to kind of continue with that storyline? Uh, I'm not sure if if, uh, if I could say if it was a good choice or not. I think what they wanted to accomplish was to leave it open more than anything else. I think they wanted to give uh, the DOA players and the community behind it, you know, the fighters, uh, uh, an idea of, hey, it's not over just yet. You see what I'm saying? I think mm. that's that's why they went out. So for anybody that's been following, you know, the story as much as you can follow a fighting game story, I think they people are kind of like, oh wow, they kind of went back to this epsilon thing because what that's that's what was being talked about back in DOA too. So the way the the way the game ended, it kind of left it open to like, hey, that was kind of you know some of the some of the idea of like where they wanted to head to, and at the same time, kind of like a way to leave it open for fans of the series to be like, all right, they might make another DOA 5 or another DOA, you know, game. You know what I mean? Just to to keep people on their toes. Hmm. 
Mm. Speaking of another DOA game, what do you think they're going to do? Because personally, I think Team Ninja, they might do another DOA uh, X3. Oh, Extreme 3? Yeah, I think they might do that. Um, You know, that'll be interesting. Um, only because they have new models. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, I know what you mean. I, uh, I, I, I don't see it being a bad thing for them as a company, I guess, overall. But I think overall look, since they're, they've been trying to avoid that, that kind of look, I think it, it's, not, it's not good for that if that's what they're still trying to accomplish. But um, at the end of the day, it really comes down to what the people want. You know, the fans really want something like that. If they're if they're looking for, you know, an X3, which I've seen on, you know, even on DOAWorld.com that there's fans that they want a part three. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's enough demand for it. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt as a company they would they would release something like that, especially with the new models of the girls. You know, uh, I think a lot of those fans would really want to see that. Yeah, a lot of those fans would love to see that. Um, regarding uh, Team Ninja, one thing I really do like about Team Ninja is that they do listen to their fans, and it's similar to Tecmo Koei in general. And that's one thing I love about them, especially with the the whole, you know, the pre-order DLC with the bikinis and things like that? Right. Like, when I did an interview actually at Eurogamer when they were kind of showing these things off, and, and I was asking people, well, do you want to see... That for males, you want to see like male swimsuits, like characters in speedos and things like that. And a lot of people were saying yes. And, you know, many, many guys and many women on Twitter were like, oh, please do this. And please. and then, you know, Team Ninja taking it on board. And at first they said no. And and now, you know, with the, the most recent DLC, I believe they they gave the fans what they wanted. This kind of they I think they called it. Uh, I'm not sure what they called the DLC pack, but it was pretty much like Hayabusa in like shorts and, and yeah, stuff I think, like I that. Think, so. I, I think it was called the... Uh, what was it called? I think it was just called the Fighters Pack or something like that. It was meant for the, mm. the male fighters, you know what I mean? Um, but it's true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Team Ninja has done a really well job of engaging with their community and, and uh, talking to them and trying to figure out what is it they want, but at the same time taking into consideration their times and, and limitations. You know what I mean? Because uh, uh, any development team, no matter uh, which company it's at, I think they they're limited to a certain amount of time and energy. So they they try to they do what they can to engage the community and, and figure out what it is they really want. And I think they've done a an incredible job, uh, not only to the casual but the hardcore community of, of DOA. So, uh, and not only that, they do it for a team. They do it for Ninja Guy. You know, Ninja Guy. They um, they had a kind of a, what uh, what I would call kind of a reality check when Ninja Guy three came out and. They said, we're, we're, we're making it. We're making it the way you want it. You know what I mean? Speaking of Ninja Gaiden 3, the new Ninja Gaiden game is out today. Yeah, I'm just, just putting that out there, guys. If, if you guys want to buy it, you can uh, buy it from your local retailers. I do believe um, Game sell the game. Yeah, so the UK retailer Game are selling the game. I'm not sure for how much, but you can purchase this on pretty much every platform except for PC. But yeah, um, moving back to DOA, um, <laughs> we got new characters in DOA five. So, what do you really think about Reagan Mila? I think uh, Reagan Mila was perfect for what the community wanted because I, I think people wanted really, you know, they wanted a Taekwondo guy. I think that was uh, there's even an interview uh, back when uh, I was in Japan with some of the other pros uh, talking about, you know, 
what other fighter can we include? You know, it's like, you know, they were asking, they were like, what, what other fighter do, do you think the community wants or whatever? And I think Taekwondo was something that was always talked about in DOA 4. And even back when DOA 4 was out, there was always a little square. If you go back to that game, there was always a little square that was always available there. And everybody always thought, oh, that's where the Taekwondo character is going to come out. You know, he's going to be right there. And, and since it never came out, it kind of left everybody hanging like, oh, man, we never got that Taekwondo player. So when we got rigged, I think uh, it helped a lot of the fans. Like, oh, yeah, that's what we were asking a long time ago. And we finally got it. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. for Mila, I think it was it, I think it was a good add-on for uh, for the game because it was you know the MMA fighting the MMA fight like it's kind of with the times right now anyway UFC is kind of big right now it just kind of made sense overall so and I think a lot of a lot of players like her uh, her style you know just kind of bring you to the floor and smash your face in I think a lot of people like that style. Mm. Um, speaking of Mila, uh, her character design is awesome. I have to say she did play a a prominent part in the story mode uh, which is always nice to see and another thing is that there's kind of this weird kind of glitch going on especially I found it with my with my um, copy of the game that I didn't buy you know the bunny costumes uh -huh. I didn't buy them but apparently I have it just for Mila well what what happened I think is um they released a, a download pack I, I mm -hmm. think it was a free pack. And when they did that, Mila, I think, originally didn't have the, the bunny ears, I think. I think originally she didn't have them. So when, whenever you downloaded that specific patch, you automatically got Mila's bunny outfit. Ah. Uh because -huh. I didn't either. I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, it, it, it was weird. Like, uh, I didn't expect it either because I did have uh, some of the bunny outfits for the, all the other characters, but I noticed I never had hers. And I think it, it came with that. Okay, that makes a bit more sense now. I was thinking like, oh my god, this is glitched. And... <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Team Ninja do put the best, you know, best effort in with um, their title updates, especially with um, 1.03. Oh, yeah. What do you think about that title update? The 1.03 update, uh, are you talking about the 1.03A? Yes, yes, the most recent update. Okay. Uh, yeah, the recent update, I think it was it was good. I, um, I, I like uh, some of the, the tools they added for Hayabusa, so I can't, I, I, I can't um, argue too much there. I think, it's, it's, uh, I think he, had a, he needed some things that were already in the previous alpha demo that I didn't see in the final product, so it's good to see that those... Things came back like his Vance Smith kick hold and certain setups that he had uh, prior to the final release of the game. But um, I think what it did best overall is that it kind of balanced characters even more because I know there were still a couple of bugs. You know, people could backdash ridiculously fast. And uh, one of the main bugs was, you know, before the 1.03A came out was the sit-down stuns were not allowing you to slow escape and made it very difficult to, you know, get out situations nearly impossible essentially and i think they fixed that they fixed that uh, pretty well and the fact that they fixed some of the main bugs is, is always good and in and in doing that it kind of balanced um the characters out if you look at uh the most recent tournament that we had over here in america final round 16 the the top eight final uh players none of them were the same they were different characters and usually you don't see that usually you see either all Kasumi with a mixture of Genfus or something, or all Hayabusas and Hayatis, you know what I mean? It's usually yeah. like all ninjas or something like that, For as an example. But in this case, it was 
everybody. I mean, you're talking about Elena, Hayabusa, Sarah, Genfu. It was just a mix of characters. And that just shows people that are really interested into the game and getting into the game. It just shows that it's, it's balanced it's pretty well. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's balanced and all these characters are viable during tournament play. And I think the update had to do with had something to do with that. So you're talking about tournaments and things, and I've noticed that especially in the UK, I'm not, I'm not really gonna vouch on other countries here, but in the UK, you know, the DOA kind of tournament scene is virtually not there. There was pretty much only like one tournament, like in December or actually in January, I'm not sure. But why do you think that is specifically? Why do you think not many people are taking part in tournaments and why do you think it's not as popular as compared to Tekken tournaments? I think uh, some of the uh, some of the main things that hold it back is kind of it still has the cover kind of blocking everybody's view. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, the general idea of DOA to somebody that's already playing, let's say, a different competitive game. Um, they just see it as you know, they just see the exterior part. They don't see the layers behind. On DOA. I mean, they just see all oh, it's you know, the girls, they kick high type of situation. And, you know, I really don't care for that. When in reality, there's so many layers that go behind DOA, especially DOA 5 with a lot of the changes that they made. So really what it comes down to is kind of like the community, not just um, in the UK, but overall in the world, uh, is to educate other players. Be like, hey, this is what it what it is. This is what you're missing out on. You, you may think it's just nothing but that, but... I've always said, I always told people, even when the the development of this game was going on still, I would say, it doesn't matter how beautiful your girls look. You know, it, I mean, you can talk about, you know, being having, you know, these big breasts, but in reality, it doesn't matter. We're beyond that point. And in fact, a lot of other games copied DOA and did the same thing. So to me, it's more of, regardless of how the game looks, if the game mechanics overall are really good, that. That's what matters most. That's what that's what gives it replay replayability. You know, people want to keep playing the game, and mm. and I think in America we've kind of established that pretty well for the most part. We're still working on that, and we're still educating more players uh, on it. And uh, it's 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 a work in, in, in progress. You just gotta show other people like, hey, this is what you're missing out on. This is there's more to than just this beautiful outside cover to DOA. There's more to that, and you gotta show them, educate them. And I think another person that's in a, in the European area. Uh, is uh, Emperor Cow. Emperor Cow has done a really good job of doing these uh, tutorials, kind of showing other people and getting other major names involved with these tutorials. And that's that's a great help. He's gone above and beyond that. Uh, a lot of players uh, wouldn't do this. You know what I'm saying? It's just it takes a lot of time and energy. A lot of people don't understand that it takes a lot of energy to do these kind of tutorials and to get other people involved. So I think he's doing a great job as far as uh, in the UK Europe uh, era area to to educate other. players that are playing other games or fighting games in general to kind of show them, hey, other people play this game because of these key things. That same things that you see in your game, you'll see in this game in a different way, but it applies uh, very uh, applies uh, in the same way, in you know, in a, in a similar way. You know, from that answer, I'm just thinking, wow, you know, not many people would say such a thing about a game, and not many people are passionate about games like they used to be. And you know, it's right. it's very, uh, you know, I, I'm, a lot of people I'm guessing will be listening because, you know, great minds think alike, like you said. Um, many people will be thinking just like I am and thinking, oh my God, this is 
you're you're making sense, and it's it's astonishing. <laughs> that's the way to do it. You got it has to make sense, and you got to believe that it makes sense because mm. uh, that, that's the whole idea behind it. Wow, this kind of caught me off guard. Which <laughs> really mine equals one right now. <laughs> wow. Um. Wow. Um. Another thing is, just wanted to put something out there. My sister says hi. <laughs> Mainly yeah, because um, she's a big fan of DOA, and awesome. yeah, when I told her, yeah, Master's going to be on the podcast, she she was just like, oh my god, <laughs> big fan. Well, well, tell sister uh, sister Dish that I said hello. <laughs> her name is Georgina, by the way. Just Georgina, okay. Georgina. Yeah. And, and anyway, she's she's probably like fangirling right now, <laughs> but. On a, on a serious note, um, why? How did he get into DOA? What kind of attracted you to DOA? Because you seem like the guy that's not really about the other stuff, and you seem like the kind of professional kind of guy regarding DOA. So, what kind of brought you into the franchise? Oh wow, it's funny you say that. Uh, well, back um, in uh, 1999, mm-hmm. 1998, 1999, um, the Dreamcast had just came out, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, man, I want to get this Dreamcast because at the time I was a big Capcom fan. My brother, you know, he was uh, he was a big Capcom fan. He liked Street Fighter. So I just grew up with Street Fighter and Capcom games. And uh, when the Dreamcast came out, I really wanted Marvel vs. Capcom because it was the closest thing you can get to the arcade version. It was the best. And um, then my I go to school and it's funny because uh, during uh, the time I'm in school, this uh, during lunchtime, this guy brings his system sometimes. He'll bring a 64, he'll bring his Dreamcast, he'll bring whatever. And people just start playing during lunchtime, you know. And uh, I was like, oh, it's cool. I didn't know you can do that, you know. Because back then, you know, you would think, you know, bring a system to school, you get, you know, uh, suspended or something like that. So he brings his Dreamcast. And he has this demo disc that comes with the, the official Sega magazine. You know, uh, Sega Dreamcast magazine. And he's like, oh, there's a ton of games on there and we're messing with it or whatever. And there's the DOA demo. So... I'm watching the DOA demo, right? And this is the funny part because the demo starts, right? And it shows the introduction. And anybody that's played DOA 2 knows that there's this like really long introduction. And you can skip it, but you know, most people don't. So this introduction starts and I'm looking at the game. And I'm like, oh, this game looks pretty cool, you know, whatever. I'm not thinking anything big about it. It's like, all right, it looks nice. You know, obviously the girls look hot, you know, big boobs, whatever. So I'm watching it and this is like, I'm about to hit start and then my friend says, Oh yeah, by the way, the game looks like that. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? It was like, like it plays like that? It's like Yeah, that's not a C animation. It's like that's that's gameplay you're looking at. I was like, shut up. And I'm like mashing start at this point because I want to see the game in action. You know what I'm saying? Because at the time I think the only thing that was close to that was what, Virtual Fighter, I think, or or Tekken? Hmm. As far as like graphically looking out, you know what I mean? So when I push start, I'm just like, wow, this game is amazing. And believe it or not, my first character wasn't even Hayabusa. It was, it was Kasumi. I was playing with Kasumi because I thought she was really quick and everything. I was like, all right, cool. She's quick. She looks hot. And I'm like, I'm ready to play. Let's go. And um, that's how I got into DOA, really. That's, that's the beginning, the very start for me. And then after that, when I was in Dallas, I checked out the game in the arcade because they had an arcade and they had DOA 2 here. So I played in the arcade uh, and I got used to uh, the way the arcade plays compared to the, the home version. And, and I you know the home version had an arcade style as well because if you go to the option menu on the Dreamcast back in DOA 2, you can actually change it to the arcade setting, which changed the ability 
uh, of how you hold attacks, how you counter hold attacks. Boa, that's the beginning of it. That's, that's the short version. <laughs> ah, so um, why Hayabusa? What kind of brought you to Hayabusa? Well, um, anybody that plays the DOA 2 story mode with Kasumi, uh, you have to fight Hayabusa in story mode, right? And I always thought the cutscenes in, in DOA 2 were amazing for its time. I was like, wow, this is awesome. So every time I had I had to fight Hayabusa, I just beat him up. You know, I'm like, whatever, just beat him up, get him out of my way. He looks cool. I get it, whatever. But then he decided to hold one of my punches. <laughs> he took me to the side and did an Izuna drop, and I just dropped Kasumi that day. I was like, I'm done I'm picking this character. <laughs> like, I'm not picking any other character. Whatever he just did to me in the air, I need to be doing to everybody else. <laughs> and ever since that day, I went to Hayabusa and never dropped him. I never went back to Kasumi or anything like that. I just, after that move, that move did it for me. And anybody that's listening, I'm telling you right now, no lie, I saw that move, I never went back. Wow, because, um, funny story, the thing is, what actually made me respect, like, the Tecmo a bit more was, was kind of when I saw, um, you know, honestly, when I saw the IGM Pro League thing, and then I think you're fighting someone, I don't really know, uh, let me just recall who that was, it was someone called Rikuto, uh, I don't know, they were fighting as Bayman, right. um, and, yeah, and you'd done the Azuna drop. Like, it was like, <laughs> what the hell? It was like, wow. Uh, it was like a drill. I was like, whoa. So then, um, uh, you know, a couple of days later, I bought like um, a couple of games, like, you know, Ninja Gaiden, um, Warriors Orochi 3. But the thing is, in those games, and especially in DOA 5, it's very difficult to, to do the Azuna drop. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people would say... A lot of people that play it competitively would say the Izuna drop is pretty easy to do, but overall, as much as people say that, like honestly, nobody ever does it. <laughs> it's like people are like, oh yeah, I could just do this and, and get a shortcut and make it happen, but you'll never ever see that. Like as much as uh, some people think that, oh, I can do that, you know, it's easy for me and blah blah blah, you never see it happen like that in tournament play or at a high competitive uh, state. Like it's just. You either know how to do it, or you just don't know how to do it. Because sometimes you have, I'm talking about milliseconds to input the command um, during certain certain situations. So it's just, you know, it's, it's definitely not an easy thing to do, um, especially if you're trying to do the counter hold part of it. But uh, it's 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 rewarding, you know, it feels rewarding. I think everybody likes it. They see it, and they're just kind of like, wow, this is, this is awesome, you know, I'm going to try to do that. And then they realize... It's really not that easy, especially during a real fight, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, you say that, that, you know, people don't really do it in tournament play, but I've seen you you do it a couple of times. So how do you pull it off? Like, Well, I know the move. I've been doing the move for a long, long time, and I've, and I've studied the move, and I make sure I get it down. I've, I used to go through some funny training styles of, like, trying to just make sure I always, always did the Izuna drop, no matter what. Um... And uh, what I meant by like people not doing it in a tournament, I meant in the sense of like people that usually think they can do it easily, but it's really not done. I mean, I can do it because I've, I've done it for a long time. And even sometimes I'm even caught off guard. Still to this day, occasionally I'll still get caught off guard depending on which one I'm trying to do since he has several different ways of doing it. Um, but it's just, uh, you know, I'm used to it. So I've done it for a long, long time. But anybody that feels that, you know, it's just, oh yeah, I just pick up the sticks and do it. Not gonna happen. Not especially not in a live fight when you're playing somebody, whether it be online, at home, or at a tournament. It just 
it's not as easy as you think, especially since they made it even harder to get the initial part of it during the best of state, which is the defensive hold. And it's just, you got to be ready for it. Mm. So has it remained like the command for it? Has it remained the same since the early DOA games? Yes. Yes, it has remained the same. It hasn't changed with the exception of the first DOA game where that one was kind of ridiculous to do because you had to do... You had to do the initial part with the throw, I believe, and then uh, it's been a long time since I've done it on that one. You had to do the initial part with like a throw option, and then the second part with like the hold button, and then the third part with something else. It was it was kind of funny and kind of ridiculous because like you couldn't do one part with the same button. You had to switch buttons, and then you still had to do the directional inputs, and then switch buttons again. It was kind of funky. But ever since then, after DOA two moving forward, it hasn't changed. It's the same command still. Hmm. Because. Um... Like I said, it is very difficult to do. Still haven't been able to do it on Dead or Alive 5. <laughs> um, You'll get it. Practice. Just practice. <laughs> I don't think any amount of practice will will help me there. Um, <laughs> personally, I'm not really good at Dead or Alive, uh, Dead or Alive 5 because, you know, I, I normally play hack and slash games, you know, like Dynasty Warriors. or is it, So I'm I'm the Koei side of things more right, than right. Tecmo. But... Um, yeah, like I was saying, the easiest game to actually do the Zuna drop um, for Ryo Hayabusa, do you know what it is? Um, I'm guessing you're going to mention Ninja Gaiden, I guess. I don't know. No, no, no. no. Easier than Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden's crazy. Um, <laughs> it's actually Warriors Orochi 3. It's um, it's a game made oh, by Tecmo Koei. And, right. um, of course, they have characters. Team Ninja's put some characters in there like Ayane, um, Ryo Hayabusa, some other characters it's pretty much a mosh pit of all of the technical games and yeah it's it's a hack and slash game very i would say very simple to play when you're playing on lower difficulties but when it gets to high difficulties um it does get a lot harder but i digress um like i said right high uh azuna drop for that is is just square square triangle that's it <laughs> that's it that's, all that's you need. it, it it's the same effect. It looks pretty awesome. It's just very easy to do. You get oh, the same satisfaction. Wow, you're right. It is even easier than the Ninja Gaiden one. <laughs> yeah. But it is pretty easy. But hey, at least you get to do it. Now you, see, now you, you can say you can do it. So you yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need to specify what game. I can say, yeah, I can do the Azuna drop. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just leave it at that. Just leave it at that. Mm. Don't, even, don't even go further than that. Just be like, yeah, I can do the Azuna drop. Okay, cool. <laughs> So if, um, let's say, a company like Team Ninja were like, okay, Master, we want you to do an Azuna drop in real life, what would you say to that? I would be like, um, where, where do you want me to do it all? <laughs> where do you want to go? Off of the ceiling? Off of where, where do you want me to do it? Let's say uh, trampoline. They give you a trampoline and they're like, do it. I would do it. I can do it, man. I gave, I gave Hayabusa that move. You know, you didn't know? I gave it to him. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd break my back for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would want to try to do that, but after leap of faithing, I don't think <laughs> I'll be on the trampoline ever again. Oh my goodness! Funny story about that, guys. If you didn't know this, um, I was actually on a trampoline. I'm trying to do a front flip, and I mess it up, and I do a leap of faith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually talked about that when Altair was actually on the podcast, but. Anyway, um, another thing is, other than Hayabusa, you know, if you didn't, if Hayabusa wasn't included in the game, who do you think you would play as? 
If Hayabusa wasn't in the game, um, I wouldn't be playing DOA. What? I was kidding, though. No. <laughs> I was kidding, though. No. Um, I would probably play with uh, Janly. Janly, um, anybody that's been a long, uh, that's followed me for a long time or has been a long time fan, uh, fan of mine, uh, knows that I played Janly back in the day in DOA 2. Um, he was always my, like, um, tag, tag character. He's my tag team character, so I've always used him in tag. Mm. And um, ever since I used him in tag, I, I've been. I've become pretty good with them. Um, in DOA 5, I haven't invested enough time with them in this one, but I, I've dabbled with them a little bit because he's kind of turned back to the way he kind of was in the previous So I like how you play him. Um, but if I, if I were to pick a second character, it probably would be Jan Lee. I, wanna, I would lean towards Jan Lee. Okay. Uh, speaking of Jan Lee, can you do a Jan Lee impression for us now? Oh, my goodness. Oh, what the? That's all I, that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I think for every uh, Dead or Alive pro that's on the podcast, I'm going to ask them to do that and see who wins. And I'll let the, I'll let the fans decide. Oh man, that's that's that's, that's going to be. You should have a whole contest every round. Uh, I should do. You. The the problem with contests is that um, firstly deciding who's going to win and <laughs> prizes, unless it's just like a contest for dignity. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Um, Hopefully the fans enjoyed that, uh, me blowing out their ears, you know, that's what I do on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, um, I think as soon as I put this up, there's going to be people that are just going to take the audio and put it on YouTube, because that has actually happened before. They're going to they're gonna dubstep it and everything, they're going to make a whole song out of it. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to hear it. Yep, it's going to be better than Skrillex, I assure you. <laughs> um, another thing is... Oh, what was I going to say? Have you tried out the new features in... Um, and I'm talking about one new feature in the, the new update. Um, for which version? Let's put it that way. For DOA... Oh, PlayStation. 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 Um, I actually recently... PlayStation. Um, everybody knows me for being on Xbox, so um, uh, this is news to a lot of people still. I got a PlayStation recently, and I have... Uh, my own PlayStation ID on there and everything, but I haven't had a chance. I haven't had the honor to mess with the new uh, features for the PlayStation yet. But I've heard of them, and I think somebody has shown me a video about it, and uh, I can't, I can't say that I've messed with it yet. Ah, uh, because just the other day I put a video up on that. Um, it might have been a video that I saw. Who knows? <laughs> it it might have been. I don't know. Um, it was actually Ayane. So that, if it was Ayane, then it was probably my video. um but you know it it is in there for like fan reasons right right and there will be people you know haters gonna hate baker's gonna bake master's gonna bait but you know that's how it works and um especially with um games like that there's always going to be some fans who obviously don't take the game for what it is and take it as something else right 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 I think, uh, like you just said, I think it's meant for the you know those those kind of fans. And I mean, if they're smiling right now and they're happy, then I think Tecmo Koi has uh, done their job. <laughs> mm. But obviously, I don't think that is the the true demographic of the game. It's not. Well, right. It's right. not the fan base. It's just it's a small percentage. It's not the main fan base. And Correct. people tend to see DOA and they're like, "Well, this is just a game about boobs." Right, right, right. And that's not some well. Genuinely, that is not something that is. Um, I don't think DOA should be known for that, personally. Right. 
Exactly. I, I 100% agree with you. It's not just about that. Like you said, it's just something that kind of caters a little bit to that. But And, it, and it's just like costumes and stages and, and ninjas. You know, it's, just, it's part of everything. Like, you can't just take one thing and take it to the absolute and be like, oh, it's just about that. So I agree with you. And I think uh, it's just, you know, just an extra feature, you know. Another thing I really wanted to talk about is after playing the story mode, you know, I'm seeing all these names in the in the credits. You know, I, I see Swoozy get a bit happy. I'm like, oh, Swoozy, I know that guy. Uh, <laughs> see Chosen One. I genuinely don't know who he is, but, you know, I listened to his music after yeah. the game. Obviously, uh, didn't know him beforehand. And then I see your name and I'm like, OK, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, why? Why were you guys involved in that? Like, why were you in the credits? Oh, they just love us. You know, they just wanted to put us in there. You know, that's the reason why we're on there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Actually, uh, I think a lot of people don't know this. Um, there was a project that was called, uh, I think I'm free to talk about it now at this point. Uh, it was called the DOA Champions Project. And the DOA Champions Project was uh, involving me, Swoozy, Vanessa, Chosen One, um, a Perfect Legend, and um and a few other people. I, I just can't remember everybody's name right now, so please excuse if I forgot to name somebody. Um, but it was a, a, a we were part of this cha uh, Champions Project. It originally started in uh, 2010, I believe. That's when the UA Dimensions was just coming out. Uh, we had went to Japan and we did everything we could to show the team, you know, what kind of changes the community would like to see and what they're doing with dimensions that is right and what's wrong type of situation. It was just kind of give them, giving them a lot of input. So we actually came out on the credits for dimensions as well. So anybody that has a 3D and has given dimensions, if you look in the, in the booklet or if you look at the credits, you'll see us on there as well. And from that point on, they liked a lot of the input we gave. They liked a lot of the community input that we delivered to them. They liked the overall energy. We brought a lot of energy to them and they, they loved it. They felt the passion that we, have, that we had and that we were, be, we were able to translate that to them from the community, you know what I'm saying? Because we weren't there for ourselves, we were there for the community overall. And they got the message. And uh, and, and I think that was great. And ever since, I said, you know what? We're gonna keep you a part of this project and uh, uh, get you to events for the, the pre-release uh, events for DOA, you know, like um, the GameStop tournament. Oh, it, was, it wasn't a GameStop tournament, it was a GameStop Expo. So they had us, uh, they had a few of us at the GameStop Expo. I think they had uh, all of us at the E3 uh, event. and. Um, and a few other small events and just stuff related to that. They helped us by uh, giving us some codes so we can give to the fans. Uh, we, we were they, they were they heavily into the suit so the community can uh, kind of come back because it had been seven years since the last console version of DOA. So we we really put a lot of effort into it and and they were very kind to us. They they, they supported us and they, they they took good care of us. Let's put it that way. And and and, that, and that's why we were really in the credits because we we really uh, went out. Went out there and helped them as much as we could, and uh, especially during E3 when the IPL was being introduced and the tournament was going on and media was coming in, would explain things to media. It was like it was unreal. It was just fun to be a part of that, and it was great to know that we were kind of helping deliver the community's message of like you know we love this game. This is what we like to see. This is what we want to see, and this is what we want to get our hands on it already. And and it was fun to be a part of that, and that's essentially the reason why we were part of those credits. Mm. So do you think um, Team Ninja are going to count on you guys to be part of, you know, newer releases in terms of Dead or Alive franchise? Um, that I don't know. That's a good question. That's probably something I should bring up 
So, <laughs> but um, I mean, I would be honored if they did. I mean, I think it it would be awesome if if they did. Um, but uh, of course, that would that would come down to them. I mean, if they want to do that again, you know, I'm down to roll again and and make it happen. Uh, it would be interesting uh, to to hear anything DOA related because I'm a fan. At the end of the day, I'm overall I'm a fan of the game. I like you know the costumes and stages and all that stuff on top of being a competitor. But um, if they if they do, I mean that would be great. I mean, as far as I know, I I, I haven't heard any announcements as far as anything they would like me to get involved in. Mm. So I'm playing it by ear right now. Really? Mm-hmm. That is very very awesome. Very dedicated man. Um, I'm I'm just here with my microphone. I'm not actually playing DOA. I think my sister's playing DOA. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway. Another thing regarding the game is, I'm guessing, I'm going to ask you a question. It's, sure, it's understandable if you, you're not really going to answer it or anything. But who do you think is the best character in DOA? The best character? The best character, overall. Just like the best, the one that's like the, the best tools, everything and all that. Yes, every, including costumes as well. So take that into oh. account. Okay. Um. Oh man, that's... That's hard because once once you once you include costumes, that's that's a lot of costumes. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, as far as overall tools, it's hard to say. Let's just go with that real quick. Overall tools, it's really hard to tell which character is the best. I think the game hasn't lived long enough to really find out which character is really the dominant character. Because like I said, a lot of characters have a lot of good tools now. They have they're all viable characters to play with you'll have fun with any character that will fit your playstyle. It's, it's it's hard not to find somebody like that in this game and um costumes man it's, it's just it's just you know Leigh fan has really good costumes uh, they brought a lot of classics back to her I, I like her costumes uh kasumi has a pretty cool costumes as well but um I think overall, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to tell. It's a toss-up with any of the girls, because all the girls are getting a lot of love right now. None of the guys are getting any specific costumes, so it's a toss-up between all the girls when it comes to oh, They did get Santa Claus costumes. <laughs> Even Hayabusa got a Santa Claus costume. That was funny. Um, like, I'm I'm actually hoping for like a Hayabusa, like an unmasked Hayabusa costume, because they, obviously they did unmask him in Ninja Gaiden 3, if you guys didn't know. But um, would you think that would be something... that? Would be good to see. You know what? That would be awesome to see. Let's put it that way. But, but I do have to say, but, and hopefully, hopefully, Team Ninja doesn't get mad at me for this. Um, last time I spoke with, they told me that that wasn't gonna happen, <laughs> and I was like, why? Why would you do me so dirty? Like, why not? And he's like, uh, their their explanation was. You know, Ninja Gaiden was meant for that. You know, the masking was meant for Ninja Gaiden, and uh, and I can understand that. That was their their idea. That was their the way they wanted to, to present the story and the, the background for Hayabusa. And in DOA, um, there's no need for unmasking them. You know, but granted, in past games, I understand that you particularly haven't played um, uh, any or many of the past games. Um, previously, Hayabusa has been unmasked before. You know, he had a costume where he was unmasked, and actually, one of those costumes is. My main costume, in fact, the costume I use today is not even my main costume. That's not even the costume I usually use. I usually use one that has them unmasked. Now, to me, it doesn't make a big difference if he's masked or unmasked, really, in that costume, as long as I have that costume. But um, I don't think uh, Team Ninja 
will bring it in on mass spellings. They might bring in that costume and have a mask again. But um, it really comes down to, you know what I would like to do? I'd like to challenge the people that are listening to this right now. I'd like to challenge them right now. If they really want that, and I mean really, really want with a costume, with it unmasked, or having the option to have any of his costumes unmasked, kind of like the girls can have their ponytails or whatever, I'd say hit Team Ninja up. Let them know. Let them know you want to see it. Let them know. And, and, and they've listened to you guys in the past, so I would not be surprised if if they see a support for that, they'll do it. Okay. Um, another thing regarding Hayabusa's costumes is his uh, blue costume. Personally, I've I have played um, the older Ninja Garden games on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his blue costume is very reminiscent of that. And I'm like, oh my god, that's his NES costume from the original Ninja Gaiden. It was really nice to see. What do you think about that? I liked it. Actually, I, I think they... Because uh, they always had that costume in the previous EOA games. But in this in particular, they really gave it the throwback feel. They really brought it back to where how it was. They made his, I guess you can say, paws on his arms. They're red or purplish. Mm. I mean, or like orange. And um, they, they kind of add small touches here and there. And I liked it. I, 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 I'll have to say that's probably my second costume that I would choose in, in, the, in, the, in the game right now. I like the white one, but I like that throwback one. I, it's really cool. And anybody that's playing it, like yourself in the end of days, can really relate to that. It kind of pays homage to those people that can like, hey, this is Ninja Gaiden, man. This is the man. If you want to pick the Ninja Gaiden character, this is him right here. Another thing also on the same topic of costumes and things like that is... Um, yes, Tecmacoi and, you know, they they joined as one company, and we have seen, you know, Hayabusa in some Koei games. How come we didn't kind of see, um, some Koei characters in the Tecmo games, and even as a costume? Because, you know, we've seen, uh, in Warriors Orochi 3, Rai Hayabusa has a Zhao Yun costume, which looks pretty boss. How come we don't see that in, in Dead or Alive, or, or even, you know some character from let's say dynasty warriors because first of all dynasty warriors used to be a fighting game so how come we don't kind of see that because of the merger um i, I wish I, I i knew to be honest with you um, my guess would be my guess would be they're just they're trying to keep the franchises um separate to a certain extent i think mm. when it comes to uh the doa franchise especially um uh, i think it's they might have something down the pipeline. Maybe later on, they might come back with Dynasty, another Dynasty Warriors fighting game that uses the DOA engine, and maybe that'll be like a weapon-based one because a lot of Dynasty Warriors have all weapons. So um, again, that's they never confirmed that or anything. I'm just this is just an option as to why they're going the route they're going as far as not including Dynasty Warrior costumes or Dynasty Warrior characters in the franchise. Hmm. Um, I think one of the main reasons, though, is probably the fact that they already had virtual fighter characters in. So the fact that they already had virtual fighter characters, they didn't want to mix it even more with Dynasty Warriors. Um, that's my guess. Does make sense, but you know, you you put something out there on the table, and I'm guessing a lot of people would agree. Um, just like um, just like me, I would love to see a Dynasty Warriors like a remake of Dynasty Warriors One. We kind of that Dead or Alive engine, and they did kind of do something similar with Warriors Orochi Three Hyper on the Wii U, but it wasn't. The best it could be, so maybe I'm. I'm just fingers crossed. I'm just hoping this is real and and maybe <laughs> it, maybe Team Ninja will be like, okay, Bish, we're gonna do it just for you. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you never know. Like I said, you never know, man. 
Yeah, you, you never know. Um, another thing is, do you think there will be a new Dead or Alive for the next-gen consoles like the PS4 and the Xbox, well, the new Xbox? Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, Listen, I'm no expert, but last time I checked, every time a new console came out, a new DOA came out. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying I'm no expert. I'm just saying when the Dreamcast came out, DOA 2 came out. Even when PS2 was out, DOA 2 and DOA 2 Hardcore came out. When the Dreamcast came out, I mean, not the Dreamcast, I mean the Xbox came out, DOA 3 came out, Xbox 60, DOA 4 came out. I'm just going off of history. So I would not personally be surprised if the next-gen consoles came out with another DOA. Okay. That is very insightful. Another thing is, um, what do you think Koei kind of brought to the uh, franchise? Because, of course... um, there were talks about this ages ago that, you know, Tecmo was actually going to team up with Square Enix instead of instead of Koei. So what do you think Koei kind of brought to the to DOA and, and to to Tecmo? Um, I'm not. Uh, well, first of all, if 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 uh, Tecmo would have gone with Square Enix, we would have had Dead Fantasy. So that would have been crazy. <laughs> but uh, if you haven't seen Dead Fantasy. For anybody that doesn't know Dead Fantasy, uh, just go on YouTube and search Dead Fantasy. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about very quickly. But um, if uh, as far as Koi, I'm not 100% sure as to... During my involvement with Team Ninja or the Tecmo reps, I'm, I, I wasn't very involved with like what Koi was doing. So I couldn't really tell you what Koi has brought, into the, uh, brought to the table for, for Tecmo and Team Ninja. Anything else, they brought, uh, I guess... Some sense of stability overall hmm. for the company so they can make doa5 i guess you can say that i mean i really don't know i really couldn't comment I, this is just uh, me guessing I, i'm not sure what koi has brought for was brought to franchises like ninja gaiden and uh, doa especially hmm. um personally what i think is because koi is pretty much the i would say the most popular gaming company in japan because you know for dynasty warriors you see that all over the PlayStation Network in Japan. You see, like, characters on 7-Up cans and all this crazy stuff. But, you know, of course, overseas we don't see that because not many people are a fan of Dynasty Warriors. And some I would say some people are ignorant because, you know, there have been people they are like, dude, I'm not going to play this game. It's in Japanese or or whatever. And um, what do you think? What would you think would happen if, let's say, for the next... DOA game, they're like, nah, man, we're not going to do English voices. We're just going to leave it Japanese voices. I, I mean, as far as uh, something something as small as that, I, I I wouldn't be hurt or I wouldn't be concerned. As far as your casual person, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they plays that big of a role. I think all those games have always come Japanese, you know what I mean? Even a lot of the fighting games in general were always just Japanese voices only, including DOA when it started. So, uh, to me, it's like... Uh, Something like that, I don't think it would play such a role. Bear in mind that people in the United States, if, if it doesn't have an English voice track, it won't be released as a disc on the PlayStation. What do you mean? As in, um, this actually happened with a numerous uh, Koei games, that um, if the game doesn't have an English voice track, if it doesn't have English voices, and then let's say it's Japanese voices only, with English subtitles, the game will not be released as a disc. It would only be really? released as a digital download. Yes, that is true. You can go check on the PSN right now. Is that is, 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 that, is that why um, one, uh, one Piece was like that? Um, 
One Piece of the Dynasty. Warriors. Yes, uh, Pirate Warriors. I think so. Yeah. Wow, it's I didn't know that. It's the same with Warriors Orochi Three. It's the same with uh, Dynasty Warriors Seven Empires, and people were fearing for Dynasty Warriors Eight that this is gonna be the same kind of situation. But it's the same with other games as well, not just the Koei games. It's... Right, right, right. There's other people that follow follow that. Mm. The same business, I guess. Which is, um, you know, many people really dislike that. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, if uh, I, let's I, say. I Team Ninja decided, okay, let's just do this. We're going to maybe save a bit more money or whatever for any reason. I would think the fans would be a bit pissed off. Oh, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, Especially they, they the were... PlayStation fans because, you know, they didn't get DOA 4. Right. Right. They didn't get DOA 3. <laughs> they didn't get DOA 3. Uh. So, I totally understand. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be brutal. Can't have that. English voices it is. I'll be the voice actor to half the cast. Let's go. <laughs> well, uh, you know, great minds do think alike because even for Dynasty Warriors, I was I was willing to do that. <laughs> I'll tell you, you can pay me pennies. Let's go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> pay your pennies. Pennies, man. Um, speaking of pennies and and money in general, um, this is a note to the fans. Uh, if you guys, I believe, if you guys are in the EU like the Europe and things like that, and you have PlayStation Plus, the subscription from PlayStation, you can actually download Dead or Alive 5 for free. The whole game. I'm not sure if that's the same applies to United States of America, but, you know, it gives you another reason if you have PlayStation Plus subscription. gives you another reason to play Dead or Alive 5, try it out. You know, at the end of the day, it's free for you guys, so might as well. I, th- I think... Uh... They, uh, is that only exclusive to PS3? I think they also did that on the Vita. I think they did that for the Vita as well. I'm not sure. I think possibly. I think you can download it on the Vita for free as well if you have the PlayStation I could be wrong. Might as well give it a shot if you have it already. Alright guys, obviously there's too much epicness going on right now. So if you want to hear the rest of the conversation, be sure to check out the second part of this episode, which will be out next week. Also, remember to follow Team Ninja and Tecmo Core Europe for updates regarding DOA and other awesome games. If you want to purchase DOA in the UK, be sure to purchase it from your local game retailer. Hope you guys have enjoyed this part one of this episode, and we'll catch you all next time.